Welcome to episode 93 of Turn On The Podcast. This one's a little bit different. Uh, this week I went on to Sophie Gwidlin's, uh live Instagram feed and was asked questions from a lot of her followers, a lot of her women followers around how to deal with men and what's going on at this time, this time of the coronavirus and how women can support them, their men and things that are going on for them in relationships. Unfortunately, you won't hear Sophie in this recording, but I think you get the gist of the questions and there's enough in the answers that I think can bring you loads of value. So enjoy. Turn on the podcast. Turn on your relationships, your parenting, your love, your sex. Turn on your career. Just before we get into it, we want to let you know that you can find and work with us at studioG.com.au. For facilitation, coaching, speaking and acupuncture, Skype and in-person clinic sessions. Go to studioG.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. We really appreciate it. Now let's get into the podcast. I'm so glad to be here because this is what I love to do is I work in a way that, you know, my goal is to hold people and hold them in the state and unfold the process and the experience that's going on for them and, and bring more awareness to that. So it's exciting. So hopefully we can, um, we can help a lot of people tonight. It's a time. We all, need, we all need to be held. We all need to let go and, and be supported too. And it sounds like she is. She's showing herself. And she's sharing that part of herself, but still, because one of the first things you can do in that, that scenario is actually show yourself. Often women don't do that. Often women in some ways take care of their partner and look after them and don't show tears or it's anger or whatever's going on. So one of the first things you can do is make sure you're going deeper and share the deepest experience that you have, if you're feeling teary, bring that forward. If you're feeling angry also, ask what's going on underneath that? What's deeper for me rather than I'm just pissed with you. What am I really? What's really going on for me? And the other thing is, is ask what is it that you're actually looking for? What do you need? What do you need? What are you looking for from this other person? Because they may not be able to do that for you. They may, but we now live in a culture where our tribe is incredibly small. It's our family unit, and we're trying to be everything for each other, and sometimes that person can't be that for you. By knowing that, then you can make some decisions. It's like, is this the right person for me? Isn't this the right person for me? Or do I need to get this from another place? Sometimes it's hanging out with women. Sometimes women are a lot better with their emotions and hanging out with them is going to be a lot, a lot more beneficial for you sometimes. And sharing that and saying he's driving me crazy and I don't know what to do and just sharing that can help as well because there's something that you're saying. When you say, I need this from him, there's something that you need. And so getting really clear on that. Is, it can be really helpful. The advantage of the time is we're all experiencing this together. It's the one time in life I work in a group of shops and it's been incredible to see everyone come together as a collective because no one in that, that network is doing really well. And so having that support because you want to hold him, but this is also scary for you. Again, what do you need? It's often... You need to be held as well. You need to be supported and then you can bring that in. Also encouraging him to find other people that can help and support him, which is often other men as well, where you don't have that connection. Maybe it's hard for him because he's trying to hold it together. He wants to be this person for you. He wants to 
not stress you. So it's hard for him to share that. Now, maybe he needs to. You know, maybe it's... Often women have a superpower because they do live closer to their hearts and they, they have more emotion and they have more feeling. And sometimes for a man, you say, I want, you, I want to know what you're feeling. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, what's a feeling? And that takes time and that takes development. So sometimes he's not there yet. But for him going and having other people, other men that he can talk to, that he can share with, that we used to have. We used to have secret men's business, which was really sacred men's business. It's not secret. It's just a place for men to connect. So there's loads of men's groups out there and they can try and they can ask other friends. There, There's so many. From time to time, I run different men's groups. There's... There's so many out there, there's so much support and there's some that are really, that are really cheap as well. You can go, you can get, get support, you can get online, there's all these different places. Also, kind of in your field, sometimes for me, like every Friday night I used to go rock climbing in a gym and it was a place for me to just connect with other men and have banter. And, but also have a place where if something's going on, we can be there for each other. But if nothing's going on, we can just we can just share and we can just laugh. And often men need something to do. And you see these men's sheds and things like this where men are, are working together. And there are places now where men are doing the emotional work. So programs like MKP and all sorts of different programs that you can look into. But also, you know finding other men that you can just you can just connect to you can go surfing on the gold coast that you can just spend time with um it's important but encouraging them to do this men also at times do need to go within they need to go into their cave it's their nature women at times want to go they want to experience and they want to share and they want to have a deeper sense of life where so often men, we want to go into our cave because we want to solve this problem. And we want to go into the depths of ourselves. Men are often actually monks. It's why they like to watch TV and drink beer. Because this this sense of emptiness, this sense of emptiness of responsibility. And that's why sometimes he doesn't want to share this with you. Because he wants to be empty of the responsibility, empty of the commitment. Men want to feel free. They want to have this sense of freedom, but that has to evolve from like a 17, I've got a 17 year old son and I'm seeing that sense of freedom. I've got my car, I can do everything. I can go surfing, I can do whatever I want into a sense of freedom of this is my purpose. This is who I am and this is what I'm here to do. And as a woman, this can be frustrating because you see this purpose in him and not always he'll live up to that. It's so tricky because in many ways, a man's freedom at times was felt sometimes in his work. I have purpose. I know what I'm doing. I'm achieving and there's freedom in I'm good at what I'm doing. And it's true. This time has taken that away. You know, there's, there's times in this, things are happening now where you may even feel like a loser. It's like, oh, I've lost my job, I haven't got the money, I'm not doing this, everything's falling apart. And it's why sometimes, this is not, if you're someone who tends towards depression, don't do this. But often for men, it's important to kind of meditate on death. That everything at some time will die. And it gives you relativity to what's really going on in your life. That... You don't have to have this all nailed by the time you're 25, that you've got time, that this can all fall apart. And actually, what I'm really seeing is whatever has been going on is getting amplified for so many people right now. So if relationship was a problem, then relationship's really a problem. If finances were a problem, you know, it's more of a problem. If health, you know, I'm seeing some really young, healthy people and they're like, I'm worried about death. And it's like, well, you're not in such a bad place, but it's bringing it up. So whatever's there for you. Um, so it's true, acknowledging that, and that men at times will need to go into their cave, that they will need to... 
in a time of war, we were with other men and we'd go within ourselves and then bring forth all ourselves. And that's sort of happening now, but we're trying to do it within the family, within the, the chaos and the craziness and, and the guilt we feel because... You know, I want to support my family, but I also want to be there with the kids and I want to be there for my wife and I want, or my partner and all these different interplays. So it's important that men have some nothing time when there is no emotion and responsibility where they are in their, their cave, where they're in their shed, just for a moment where they're filling themselves up so they can bring that back to the family. So as a woman, encouraging and supporting that as well. Men want to go into their cave and commune with God, which means commune with nothing. And the advantage of that, God in the sense of whatever that is for you, but go back into nothingness. And the question is, what, what's the purpose? Not so much of my life, but maybe that's a great question. But what's the purpose, the deepest purpose of this moment? And when any addictions come up, when, whether it's alcohol or gaming or drugs, there's something in that state that you're looking for. So there's something in that. When he's gaming, there's something that he gets that's incredibly valuable for him. Now, it's, not, it's a problem because with any addiction, it actually takes something from you. You get something from it, but it takes something from you. But he needs to explore, what is it that I'm really looking for? Because after 15 hours... It's like when you drink a wine, you should really, I've seen people, I've worked with people and they've gone from a bottle of wine a day to a glass by this one, one strategy and it works with anything. By really noticing and experiencing every sip, like fully experiencing it, like what am I really feeling and why do I want this and why do I need more of this in my life? And so when he's gaming, the question for him is, what am I really looking for? Because... He should be getting it quicker than 15 hours. And then he needs to say, how do I need to, how does this serve me? How does it serve my family so I can step into my fullness, so I can step into my complete power? So what is it, again, what is it they're looking for? And often it's the nothing. Often, often for men, there's, there's, there's a few things that alcohol does. The first thing is it puts your critic to sleep. So... An internal critic doesn't allow you to dance or doesn't allow you to sing or doesn't allow you to do whatever you want. And then suddenly your critic goes to sleep and it's like, ah, now I can express myself. Now I can be who I want to be. So that's one of the things it does. The other thing it does is it gives you a break from responsibility. And for men, that's often. It's either putting the critic to sleep or removing the responsibility. And... And the fullness and the stress and all these types of things. Or, often for women, it's a chance to experience life. It's like, now I can connect with my girlfriends and now I can dance and I can wear pretty things. And, ah, I've been waiting for this all day. So for him, acknowledging what is it he's really looking for. Because what alcohol does is it creates a sense of free flow. Ah, now I'm free. But the problem is that it creates more of an obstruction. It fires up the liver and then it creates more anger issues. So if they're angry and frustrated, that's going to fire it up. It's going to fire the liver up and create more problems. So asking, what is it he's really needing? Is he needing time out? Is he needing, you know, just to himself, without the kids? What's... What's he really needing? Now, this is hard because in a relationship, it's, sometimes it's a tricky, it's complex. Maybe he needs other men to sit and talk with and share and be able to express himself. We don't know because we don't know the, the complete situation. Okay, so we live in this time as well where we can, we can connect to other people. Isolate, but don't isolate. Keep connecting to other human beings. Keep sharing what's going on for you, you know? Connect with other people. If your partner's driving you crazy, sometimes you just need to connect with someone else, a mate or a girlfriend, and go, he's driving me crazy, she's driving me crazy. Sometimes we need that. And it's, it's not a criticism of either of you. It's just like sometimes that's what you need. So, so why? Obviously, there's kind of within the family system, there's a critic that says, don't share. Don't share any of this. But this is actually, it's important for women. Women 
are gossipers. I don't mean that in a bad sense. I don't mean going, like when you go to therapy, if I go to therapy, it's like, oh, I shouldn't say. it's like, yes, you should. Like, this is the time. You need to say what's really going on if you can't do that. So don't share everything with everyone if you don't feel like that's the right person, but have people that you feel held by because you need to be able to surrender. We all need to. And traditionally, all the women would get together. We'd be in a community. And in some ways, in some ways, what's going on at the moment is a little bit more traditional. I was just talking about this before it happened. I said, when traditionally, uh, you know, if we're financially struggling, we'd be all on our own. But traditionally, if there wasn't enough fish for the community, the whole community would be experiencing that. And that's the advantage at the moment. There's kind of not enough fish for the entire community. So there's an advantage around that at the moment. And we need other people. We need to go off and be able to, to share who we are. We can't do it. We've got to get over this idea that everything has to just stay within this small little circle called our family. You, you can't actually... It's not sustainable. You can't be a lover and a banker and a, you know, and a therapist to each other. It doesn't work. And one of the biggest things that I work with is this overwhelm. Women are really empowered. I'm seeing this really powerful movement with, with women, which is it's amazing. And it's exactly what should have happened. But women are getting really tired because sometimes you can do anything has become you can do everything and we have to navigate that how do we I'm not as actually as good at cleaning as Tabitha like if I do it I'll never do it as well as as her so I don't do as much of that I just know it's like seriously I just don't have that gift so I'll do I'll do some of it but I'll do more of the cooking and I'll do more of the shopping because they're areas. It's like, how do we negotiate this? How do we now work out who's really good? We live in, in a world where we're supposed to be equal, but we're not equal because I'm not equal to Tabitha when it comes to cooking. Sorry, to, um, to cleaning. You know, I'll do it. And she goes, you haven't cleaned. You know, it's just like I don't see the world the same way she does. So acknowledging and making sure you're talking to people that you actually are good people to talk to that can genuinely hold you. We've all had those people that have betrayed us. So finding those people that you truly and deeply feel held by. High and lower dreaming. What it really is, is you can love people more when you see them for who they really are. Sometimes we hire dream. In a sense, we go, I can trust that person. But that person's never shown you that you can actually trust them. So why do we do that? We, and we all do it. It's not a criticism. But if you go, um, Henrietta, I can't trust her. I love her, but I can't trust her. Now I can. Now I can. Now I can. Now I can love her. And I can choose to have the relationship because I see who she really is. And it's incredibly empowering. Don't over-mother him in the sense of if he hurts you, don't go, I can't share that and I can't express that. Firstly, always make sure you're safe. That's the number one thing. Because we don't know the full story around, around this, this question. Um, make sure you're safe. But if you are safe, show him. Often it flips people when they really see. It's like they see when he says something that hurts you. Like, show that. That really hurts me. How does that really make you feel? Notice that. That would be the first thing I would do. I don't know if she's doing that or not, but that's super important because that can flip him. When he suddenly says, I've hurt you, I didn't mean to do that. And it can awaken him from that place. But it depends, you know, he needs to do the work on the anger. Underneath anger for men is often fear or sadness. Hopefully he's doing that work and really connecting to that as well. Anger is a powerful emotion. Sometimes it's exactly what's needed. I don't think in this case it is, but sometimes it motivates us and moves us. Um, but it needs to be unfolded. How do I need this? Sometimes I work with people and it's like we need to actually use this anger and bring it out. But um, for her, I would say, take care of yourself. It's like you're important too, you know? I'm glad he's getting work done. It's really important. He doesn't want to bring that to his family.
That's the number one thing. Everything's heightened. And so that can give you clarity. And, and the opportunity here now is we can see, sometimes we can see now what is it that we really need to do. This thing has been happening forever. Someone said that to me. It was, it was interesting. Like some of the stuff, it's not big for me, but I can see stuff that was going on for me in high school that it's like, ha, huh, there it is. That's the work. It's still here. It's time to do it. It's terrifying for me the thought of going back to the world in the way it was and not taking this opportunity and doing the work that we really need to do. So I would say use this time. If you don't have to work as much, use this time to go within you. Take it as an opportunity. What is it that I really need? What am I, what am I called to do? Is this relationship really done? Or is, it, is, is there work that we can really do? Can we rekindle what it once was? You know, what we fell in love with. There was once love there. And what was that? What, what did love want from you? Or is that done? It's the one time in life, don't, something that'll free you up is acknowledge that you may not rule the world right now. You know, you may just get through. This isn't the time, maybe, to become a world beater. It's like just to take the pressure off you and go, I'm just going to do the best I can do at the moment. I'm going to put the kids... And sometimes I've got to get the work done, so I'm going to put them on technology and I'm going to give myself a break. You know, it's just... It's like so often we're told... You know, the question is, what's the purpose of, the, of this moment? What do I really need to do? This is kind of your area of expertise. Exercise. Um, however that looks. And if you're inside do do whatever for for a couple of reasons there's this concept that we have that it creates this sense of free flow and it brings clarity and we're looking for that sense and we all know that it's like you haven't got a clear idea and you go for a run and you suddenly get all these ideas come to you there's this sense of free flow this is who i am the other thing it does is it puts power into your body you feel strong and then connect to that strength and connect that into your kind of your mind and your your spirit as well. So I'm a big fan. For me, if I'm feeling stuck, I move. I'll, I'll just do some form of exercise because suddenly everything changes. Um, and the other thing for men is also letting go of you can come out of this. For most of the people that are following you are pretty young. You know, and, and when I mean that, they're probably under 80. You're young. You're young. I'm going to tell, I want to tell a 25-year-old something. You don't have to have it all nailed by 25. I saw my son, you know, he finishes school at the end of this year, and he said, you know, I want to be this, and I want to have this. And it's like, that's great. It's great to have goals. But it's never, it's never done. You never fully arrive. There's always something to do. So if it all does fall apart, you're so young, there's so much time to really come out of this. The birth of the phoenix, the rising. Who are you through going through this experience? In some ways, I'm envious of, you know, I really looked up to my grandfather who went through the Second World War. And I don't want to go into war at all. But there's something about that experience. You know, we have never had any of this. And there's something in this that we're going through something that's big. And... Another great meditation you can do is, is the 90-year-old you. So meditate and imagine you're 90 and look back on yourself. And what would you say to you at this time? You know, what would be your wise advice? Because that's part of you too. It's like, what would she say? What would she tell you that you're going through at this, in this moment? Um, and there's still our places as well that... that that men can go if they're really struggling, reach out, get help, um, read books, find support where, wherever you can, listen to, you can go to, um, I know on the Gold Coast, Gold Coast City Library, you can hire audio books for free, you know, so there's so much, yeah, it's really cool, I can go and check out that book, for, there's so much, there is so much support out there. They also see the potential in him. 
and it's like we can we all do this we all see the potential of the person outside of ourselves in some ways another person knows us better than we know ourselves because we've all got our own inner critics and all these things and so for women as well take care of you too take care of your own mental health support yourself as well don't don't jump on a sinking boat Keep your boat afloat and keep throwing a keep throwing the life raft. Keep being there. A couple of things on that. So different people can go different ways around stress. Sometimes for men, their libido, the sex drive goes up because there's this sense of fullness in them. And it's like, how do I get rid of this fullness? How do I and sex does that? It creates this sense of emptiness. It's why after sex men are kind of like less interested in you because they're empty. It's like, ah, now I'm empty of desire too. I'm empty of stress. I'm empty of all that. So that's one thing. Sometimes for women, sometimes, and there's, there's an opposite to this as well, which I'll go into in a sec. But sometimes for women, when stress comes up, the libido goes down because there's so much fullness and they need to feel empty. They need to feel like the dishes are done before they can feel intimate. Literally, it's like all the dirty socks because they are one with their environment. You know, they're one. And they're like the dirty socks, they are the dirty socks as well, where the guy's like, what dirty socks? You know, what are you talking about? And so that's really important that they have a sense of emptiness, that they feel held in that moment, that they can let go and fully surrender, which is what a man wants more than anything else, really. He wants a woman when she fully surrenders into her own depth, into the depth of her own pleasure, is the greatest turn on that a man can ever experience. And not men don't always know that, but there's kind of a part of them that they know that. They know that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the depths of her. So that's one way to acknowledge it. If there's kind of the, the guy's got a high libido and the woman's got a low libido, that can help with it, working with that. The other thing that can happen is a man libido can drop sometimes around sex, uh, it can drop around stress because he's going into his cave, because he's going into war, because he's communing with God as a monk and what do I have to do and how do I get out of this? So I'm going to prepare myself to hunt the buffalo down. And so I'm going to go in and I can't be with all that touchy-feely stuff. I can't deal with that at the moment because I have to deal with this this battle that's about to happen. And so this starts to take over and then and then for the woman, it's like, but she wants intimacy, she wants touch, she wants to feel that he has her. And so then that creates a problem as well because her libido or feeling of connection wants to go up. I want to feel life, I want to feel connected to you. And he's like, no, not now. I have important secret work to do. It's true, because as a woman, you're holding so much, and your 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 libido will often go down because it's like I want to be able to surrender. I want to be able to let go into my own pleasure, into my own world. I want to be fully held by you, and that's what I need at the moment. I'm so tired and it tends to fry a woman's nervous system when she's always on, when she's always achieving. And women are often actually better at it than men. Women are better communicators and organizers and can do this, but it, it fries their nervous system and they reach a point where it's like, I've had enough and they need to be held. They need to be contained. And sometimes that containment looks like a bath where you're just in that and the kids are locked out. And it's completely for you where you're floating and held. And that state is really, really, really important. If women aren't getting that, they're going to start. And, the, as the long, and we don't know how long this is going to go for. This is this, the world of uncertainty. <laughs> and so we need strategies for women. It's like, and I'm hearing a lot of this. So it's like women going because they want to be there for their man. They want to hold and support him but don't forget about you too don't forget about your needs because you don't need to be a sinking ship and at some point you will be held find those things you need to go into that place too the cave for a woman whatever that is 
you know. And sometimes it's like the man just coming around and knowing he doesn't have to fix anything. He actually cannot fix anything at the moment. So for him acknowledging that and maybe just coming around and just being a little there for her in whatever way he can. Yes, and that's really good too. Express in expressing it, like sharing what it is that is going on for you. Like when we said earlier, share that. This is what's like going to yourself. This is what's going on for me. I feel really sad. I feel really scared. I feel really, and you don't have to fix anything. It's just I need you to to hear me and to hold me just for this moment. It's important, you know, sharing that. We started to say that communicate that in a way sometimes I'm working with people and it's like I know I'm nagging him and it's like sometimes that's actually okay or sometimes women now don't want to be a nagger and actually need to nag a little more because it's like I don't want to be one of those nagging women sometimes it's like you need it's like see me hear me get me and one of the ways you can do that, there's, there's many ways, but one of the ways is is connect to your own sensuality. Connect to that part that drives him wild, that he can't resist. You can try that, you know? Connect to your own gorgeousness and the feminine form that can actually drive him crazy. So connecting to that can help. And so go into the depths of yourself and share that. Share what you need consistently. And sometimes it's a nag, but it becomes less of a nag when you go deeper now that's going to scare some men but you're also not his mother you're allowed to scare him a little you know don't protect him too much you know like sometimes we do that it's like i don't want to push him or i don't want to do this i don't want to do that it's like you don't have to be his mother you can be in your bigness you can scare him sometimes and knowing that he also needs to go into his cave at some point for a while not forever but he needs to go in and reconnect to himself and drop drop out for a moment. Let him and encourage him to do that in whatever way that is because it's going gonna, it's gonna to become more valuable for you. That does not mean 15 hours on Xboxes though. Slow things down and be curious. It's really, really hard to work with conflict uh, on your own. Sometimes you need a third person to come in with that. But if I'm working with conflict, the goal is always to slow it down and go, what's really here? Because it's like, you know, if it gets hot and it's all this, you kind of miss what's really going on. It's like sipping your wine. It's like, what am I really looking for? What's really, what's really going on here? So come with a lot of kindness to, to each other at this time and try to understand what's really going on. And one way of working with it is to kind of feel into the roles and feel into the other side. And so it's like, huh, I get it. You're feeling like this. You're feeling frustrated with me because da, da, da. And then over the other side, I get this too. So getting to understand the dynamics and the roles that are really going on. Often we get, we get called, we get pulled into roles. And a great example of this is in a family often there'll be one funny kid. And if you suddenly say, well, I want to be the funny kid, then you almost have to fight to the death for that role because that role's held. These roles also come up within us. And so understanding, what is this role I'm getting caught in? I'm pissed with you, but why am I pissed for you? What, what, what is this? What am I really? What am I not getting? What's going on here? And then for a moment, try the other side. Huh. I understand a little bit more about you and what's going on for you. Huh, when I do that, I get it. It hurts you or it does whatever. Now, that's tricky work, but it's like understanding each other a little bit more and, and trying, to, trying to work your way through that, through the, through the soup. It is hard, and it's like, it's like, so he walks in the door, and he's like, ah. Now I need to just drop everything and have a rest. That's right. And she's like, ha, ah, me too. It's like both of you, like when I'm working with people, it's like seriously so often it's like, ah, oh, you both want the same thing. It's like you're both time poor or you're both energy poor or nobody. So it's kind of like the first thing is acknowledging what you both need. It's like, oh, we both need the same 
Yeah, with a village. It's exactly right. Exactly. Where's the tribe gone? Where's Aunt Martha, who's going to come and rescue us, you know? And this is really true because it's like, but the first thing is going because it helps you going I'm, rather than just being, I'm pissed with you. You haven't had the kids all day and you've been out and you've had a break because you've been at work and you're like, well, you've been at home all day and you haven't really done much because the house looks like a mess and you know what I mean? It's like those roles that play out. And it's like, I was really blessed with this because I took on a lot of responsibility of the kids when they were small and I just wanted to do that. And I never, ever, when Tabitha was home, I never said, what have you been doing all, ever? Because I just knew what it took. So at the moment, if he's home, maybe let him have the kids and you go out. Leave him for like four or five hours where he has to really experience it and fully go, ah, oh. because... Ah, oh, because it is, because I it was like, I always say I, I was the most incredible parent until I had kids because it was like, I got it. And I think you don't really, he, he can't fully get it until he's done it. You know, it's easy to come in and go, yeah, I had him for an hour and like, what sh how, how hard is it really? No, like try a weekend, you know, we know what that's like. So give him that opportunity to experience it so he fully knows that. That could be something that could help. But know that what, what you both want, it's like, we both want the same thing. How interesting. It's not always that. Sometimes you want completely different things. But in this case, it's like, we want the same thing. How do we negotiate so we can both get some of that? And maybe you say to him, maybe you need to stop off for half an hour and not race home. I don't know, sit in the car, do anything. Just give yourself a little bit of you time. And then when you come in, I need to know that you're going to take the kids. Or, she, you know, she says, when you come home, I'm going to give you half an hour, I'm going to keep the kids, and then I need you. You know, so you negotiate knowing that you both need this. Who's number one in your life? And so often it's the partner, it's the kids, it's work, it's all these things. And it's like, no. And it's so counterintuitive, particularly when you have young children, and I get that as well. But you have to be number one. Because when you're number one, that filters down. You are. When you're, when you're in a family, you are the family structure. So by you being number one, by you making sure there's something there for you, you get to bring that back to the family dynamics rather than coming back as an empty vessel. This is another thing that happens with relationships. So often, when you fall in love, you don't know each other, and you come together, and you pull all this stuff out of the relationship. But eventually, that starts to deplete the relationship. And what you need to do is pick up the thing that you fell in love with and bring that more back into your relationship. I love that about you, and now I'm going to go find it, and I'm going to keep on bringing it back into our relationship. The same thing goes for this. When you're full, when you have enough then you get to bring that back rather than pull it out of the relationship because it depletes it. It depletes the family system. And so then who becomes number two? Not the kids, not the work, the, the, your partner. Your partner has to be number two. And then the kids become number three because as you stand together as a strong, powerful unit, those kids feed off that. They feel it. You can't, you can't con kids, really. You know what I mean? Like, you can't pretend. They feel, they know, they see your cracks. They've spent their entire life studying you. They know whether you're depleted or whether you're full. They can feel it, and they're going to test you. So suddenly, you're a strong unit, and then you get to feed that down into the kids. But it has to start with you. You have to be. And so often, when I'm working with men, this, look, mostly now... There are some assholes, there's always been, there always will be, but most men that I know, they're really good men. Like, I really, there was a change. In the 70s, there was this kind of anti-men movement, and, you know, I, I remember being caught in that as a kid and then moving up, but now the men that I'm meeting are good men and want to do the right thing, but they're depleted because often now they're feeling guilty and they don't want to give any time for themselves. So that's the thing where we started. It's like... Make sure your man gives back to himself so he can give back to you. Make sure you give to yourself 
so you can give back to your relationships, so you can give back to your family in this time. There has to be something for you. Number two is partner. Number three is kids. And number four is work. Because so often, as a, I was just going to say, as a woman, if work's number one, now work has to be a priority, we get that, but if work is more important than you, you're going to get pissed with work. It's going to feel like an affair. It's going to, you know, so it's like, you, yeah, it doesn't work. If the kids are more important than her, real trouble. There's no right or wrong. This is, this is, these are all theories that have to work for you, but you have to ask, is it really working? I've got a 17-year-old now, and he's moving away from us. I love him to bits. But completely, yeah, yeah, like, no, they do, they go from a 17-year-old, they start, their peers, their mates start to become important. He's moving, energetically, he's moving away from us, and that's good, that's what you, you want. You want them to do that. So yes, one day they're going to move on, but also, when you don't have a really strong unit, kids start to play with you. Kids start to, it's like you're the structure. It's like that's how important we are. That's how important this relationship is. When we're strong, then we create the foundation for these kids to really grow, to feel safe, to feel held. And there has to be, you know, often we put the kids in front of ourselves and in front of our partners. And then maybe we put, so kids are number one, and maybe we say, well, our partner's number two and we're number three. None of that's a good structure. Or, and it creates resentment with the partner as well. It's like, I don't feel like you're there. Now, Tabitha and I are both on the same page because we're completely committed to our children, fully, you know, to growing them and raising them. But we have to commit to us. We have to commit to our relationship and work on that. Otherwise, it's trouble. And those kids, I love my kids, but they will take whatever they can from us. They'll take all we can give. Not always, but often it's, if it's the family system. What's going on? Why are the kids unhappy? What's happening within the family system? So working with them, exploring them, but also what's going on for them, but also what's going on for you. Maybe working on the relationship is going to help the kids as well, perhaps. Now, if the relationship isn't healthy, then once again, we're back to your number one. You have to be number one. And it's like, what do you need? Is this a relationship that you actually need to not be in? Yeah, you know, it's like, this is a model. And models can be broken and changed wherever they need to go. But you have to check in with, is this, is this good for you? What do you need? Because what you need will also be what the kids need. There's nothing more exciting than an empowered human being. It's so important and I, I really like what you're saying. And, and it's like trust yourself. You need to go wherever you need to go. And this is the whole Taoist idea of following nature, going with the flow, that eventually you will find you can swim against your own nature. The goal is how do we follow our process? That's why I like nighttime dreams because they kind of reveal parts of ourselves but how do we follow our process and our and how do we go in a sense with the flow that it's okay also to go against the flow because you will eventually fatigue you will reach a point where you go I'm done and I can't do this anymore and, and Tabitha and I did this with our with our kids having two two boys you know two years apart there's a point where you just go I can't just give 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 and if you feel like you need to give, 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 trust that. But then trust what is also going on in the background. Oh, there's this part of me that's starting to go, I don't know if I can keep doing this in this way. Just explore that a little bit. It's like that might be the part of yourself. Then what does that look like? Because I think that's the spirit of what's happening at the moment. The I'm done. And the question is, what are you really done with? You're not done with parenting. You might just be done with doing it in the way that you were doing it. You completely. You might be done with, you. maybe you are done with the relationship or maybe you're just done with the way the relationship is and you reach a point where you go, I'm done. And you went, I'm done. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to find a new me. How exciting is that? And that's what's happening at the moment. It's like, notice I'm done. 
And what does it look like? I'm done with everything that's going on. I'm done with the uncertainty. Certainty must exist within you. That whole Tai Chi, the yin-yang symbol of whenever there's uncertainty, there's the potential of certainty. And you are that certainty, finding that part inside yourself. Yeah, because he's got what we call liver chi stagnation. And he's not really exploring what he's angry with. It's like his work is to go, what are you, like asking, what are you really angry with? But don't do it in a way like, what are you really angry with? Like, I'm curious. Curiosity is a great, scratch your head a little more and go, huh, this is interesting. Why is this happening? We are more mysterious than we think. And why is he getting angry? What's really going on for you? It looks like, you know, Johnny left his truck out doesn't seem like it's the thing what's really going on for you and allow him to explore that a little bit more then look at things like watch alcohol and drugs because they they create this irritation particularly we say in the liver chi and that creates more this explosive what we call liver yang rising where you explode it's like i can deal with it i can deal with it i can deal with it and explode or that's right or you bottle it up and go no i'm okay no i'm gonna no, no i'm not Pick it up earlier. Huh, what's really going on? It's really hard. But it's good to know, like, whenever you can to pick that up earlier. And when you fail, it's like, huh, I was going to try and pick that up earlier. Don't give yourself too hard a time and go, I'm going to work on that again. I'm going to try and pick that up and notice what it is. And is he getting his cup filled? Why is he angry? Is he feeling so depleted and there's nothing for him? Or is he feeling like, I'm a loser, I've lost my job, and it's like, it's okay, we're all going to lose in the end. Be okay with that too. That's why death meditation is good, because you just go, ah, I also one day will lose everything, those I love. And I don't mean that in a depressive way. If that depresses you, don't do this. But one day I w I'll lose everything. Wake up to the moment. What do I really need? Who am I really? Yes. <laughs> I I love that. That's really good because it is. It's that it's like actually I'd be okay. That's the worst case. And actually I'd be okay. And sometimes anxiety is that feeling of looking into the future but it's kind of whenever you've got to the future you've dealt with whatever is there and trust in who you are that it's going to deal who you are build and develop yourself now so when you get to your future self you're the one that can deal with whatever's going on these experiences that are going on for us now I'm kind of hoping they're going to be the stories I tell you know my grandkids of what we went through and how we how we got through it and who we became through this it's an opportunity who do you want to be who do you want this experience to turn you into yes like like both while also acknowledging it sucks and it hurts and it's painful and i'm scared and not marginalizing that too but also it's kind of exhilarating and i feel i've felt both of those i think all of us have felt those moments of like this is the best thing in the world this is the worst thing in the world no one's alone we're just not therapy. <laughs> yeah, getting that. But but so in a in a space where you're you're held, where you can the advantage of facilitation is both parties can be held, and it's like, and saying it in a way that doesn't trigger. It's like so again, maybe going into saying it in a way that is deep in you, that you need to be heard, might help, but might trigger. It's So often it's facilitation where both can be heard and both can be held. It's like, for, for Tabitha and I, we, we're not great at fighting because sometimes we're too nice to each other. We've been in therapy and it's like, you two need to fight more. It's like, Argh. that's just our pattern. That's not good or bad. 
some people are like at each other and they need to be like, let's be a little more loving. Let's bring, have you guys done with this and the way this is and other people need it's like, no, you need to stand on your side as well. Hey, that, that can be another thing is sometimes making sure, sometimes you need to stand on your own side a little bit longer. Sometimes in a fight, you go too quickly onto the other person's side and you cyber them and it's like then suddenly both of you are attacking you. And sometimes that's and, and sometimes that's the right thing too. Sometimes it's like, am I really going to get out of this? What I want to get out of this? Yeah, you know what? I like. It's true. I have a real love for men. I genuinely love dudes, and I love guys, and I, I and it's it's like that's been my journey in finding self love as a man and connecting to men. And this is not about ganging up or beating anyone up. And for men, often. It is more difficult for us to connect. It takes a little more time. We're sometimes a little slower with the feelings. What am I feeling? So having a place where that's held and that's supported, and it's not a, it's not a gang up, you know. And often, women don't. The other thing that happens is we sometimes dream up our own critics, meaning we have this inner critic, and somehow that t- critic gets tr- triggered by our partner, and next minute you're in a complex and you don't know what's going on. So having support around that is really important. And, you know, I think men working with men is really important too. Having having men in there that can really hold and, and um, love seeing men grow. Well, they're on Instagram. They're on Instagram. So um, my clinic, you can, Studio Chi, in my... Um, in the bio, you can click on there. There's links through there. Uh, podcast I do with Tabitha, we do one of those a week. So there's some, there's kind of free support. There's information there that you can get. You can listen, um, and you can uh, go to the clinic, Studio Chi, or you can shoot me through a message as well. It's S T U D I O Studio Q I, um, which is a tri- Chinese form Q I. Um, or you can shoot me through a message, but it's on my, um, it's in my bio as well. So people can, the podcast is turn on the podcast. So it's all about turning on you, your relationship, your life, just turning back on to who you really are. So, and once again, that's it. That's linked in the bios as well. And you can find it on Apple podcasts and all that sort of stuff as well. I really like that because then often, often it's true. It's like, who's this dude? What's he going to do? He's going to side with my, with my partner and yeah, I'm going under the bus. It's not about, it's not about ganging up. It's about finding out what you both want. So that is a really good option as well. I do that a lot with the men and connect with them and just offering everyone so much support and love. See you, Sophie. Bye. And don't forget, you can work with us. Go to studiochi.com.au. S-T-U-D-I-O-Q-I.com.au. And subscribe and share us with your friends. We really appreciate it. <laughs>